This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. 403-974-8255 is the number. A lot more still to come, but I want to talk about a few interesting stories out of Ottawa this week, uh, and one in particular that I think has been uh, certainly uh, an important issue here in Alberta, uh, the town of Vegreville, and what they're facing with the potential shutdown of this immigration processing center. Uh, I want to welcome to the program here, uh, David Aiken uh, with uh, Global News in Ottawa. David, good afternoon. Uh, good to be here. Uh, okay, let's start, first of all, with your scoop this week, uh, that... You know, the Liberals have tried to argue that they got to move this office, this immigration processing center from Vegreville to Edmonton to, quote, save money. But that's not the mm-hmm. case, is it? No. And, and let's start with the saving money. So the, the local MP up in Vegreville is Shannon Stubbs. She's a conservative. Uh, her riding is Lakeland. And obviously she does not want this to happen because her constituents don't want it to happen. It's going to be bad for the town. Vegreville's got about 5,000 people. This would be a big blow to their uh, local economy. And so... Last fall, when John McCallum was the immigration minister, he wrote Shannon a letter. And in that letter, McCallum says, we're going to move this uh, facility to Edmonton. It's 100 kilometers away. And we're going to save money. And that's what he said. And what we got this week is a leak from inside the department of some documents, some cost analysis, analyses that the department itself did, that McCallum's own bureaucrats did. And what the options are, they say option one, stay in Vegreville is going to cost over the course of a 25-year lease to upgrade it and renovate it, $35 million. To move it and set up shop in Edmonton at what's called the Pink Palace up in Edmonton, the Canada Place office building, $46 million. That's $11 million more. So it wasn't exactly correct, I guess, when Minister mm-hmm. McCallum said it'd be saving money, unless you think saving money is spending $11 million more. And so, for the folks in Vegreville who are really trying to fight this, and this is the mayor, the town council, the, the local MP, uh, the union that represents the workers there, they're hoping that the government, having now this come out in public, will say, okay, we'll, we'll take a second look at things. Everybody at Vegreville has been offered a job in Edmonton, so if you want to commute, you can commute 100 kilometers back and forth, or the families would presumably move uh, to Edmonton. I mean, these are good government jobs, and uh, and Vegreville fi- figures if if people move, they're going to lose something like 7 or 8% of the entire town. And that's important because that means... Uh, I think somebody calculated it to be equivalent of taking four classrooms full of kids out, which means fewer teachers, and it, it, it's a, it'll be a big, big, uh, pardon me, it'll be a big mess uh, for Vegreville if this happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, it certainly will. Now, I mean, you know, people might wonder, well, why why is it in Vegreville in the first place? And, I mean, that was a decision, certainly the, the Mulroney government made, the, the Liberals decided it was the right decision to make. This office mm-hmm. opened in 1994. So, I don't I mean, is that kind of a moot point in, in this this conversation? Ten years ago, I covered a report from a the Senate Agriculture Committee, and I remember when I was assigned this job, um, I was working for the Post Media Papers, so the Calgary Herald, etc. at the time, and it said, hey, can go cover the Agriculture Committee report, and I went, oh boy, nobody's going to read this, it's the Senate Agriculture Committee. Well, one of the things this committee re- recommended, they'd been studying poverty in rural and urban, uh, rural and small town Canada, and one of the recommendations made was, the federal government has 377,000 people working for it. And three-quarters of those people work in big urban areas, like Edmonton or Calgary or Vancouver or Toronto. And the Senate committee said, let's move some of those jobs to small-town Canada, 
like Vegreville. That was the Senate 10 years ago saying that's how we can fight uh, poverty or, or improve economic development in small-town Canada. And we've seen the populations of small-town Canada has been declining for, for decades. Um, and I thought about that as I covered this story this week. There is some very good reasons, public policy reasons, for the federal government to take these back-office operations, and that's what's in Vegreville, and either keep them in Vegreville or move more of them. I mean, the story should be moving stuff out of Edmonton, where presumably it's a higher-cost place of doing business, and finding some smaller communities which could use the work, where the federal government could be an anchor tenant of a of a new facility. You know, there's a lot of people who would who would make that claim. And I should point out, this is the Federal Department of Immigration. It's one of the biggest government departments. And they've got something like 67 offices across the country. And the whole idea of, you know, doing this Vegreville move was part of a very big uh, nationwide lease renewal strategy for all of its offices. So they're going, this is the only one we know of where there was one going to be closed and relocated 100 kilometers away. But th- this was, this was part of a process that's going to affect something like 1,500 federal government employees all across the country. So just to put that in some context. Yeah, that's interesting. So you would think then, I mean, uh, ideally, you'd have the government come out and say, okay, look, we thought this was going to save money. Turns out it's not. So we've now mm-hmm. changed our mind, but that hasn't happened yet. No. Now, the minister, uh, the minister now, I mentioned John McCallum was the minister. He has since become the our ambassador to China. The new minister is Ahmed Hussein, and he was not in the House of Commons uh, this week when uh, the MP, Shannon Stubbs, brought this to the question period. She, in fact, led question period yesterday with this uh, particular story. That's that's sort of unique that a backbencher gets the first shot at the government in question period. Um, and and really the, the line that was just, it was Ralph Goodale answering yesterday and today it was the parliamentary secretary. They're just repeating the talking points from last fall. So we'll see. Uh, certainly, as I say, the union has has this information now they're armed with and they want to talk about it. Uh, we would like to talk to the minister about it because clearly it doesn't sound like this is a, the, the wisest use of taxpayer funds. And one of the other things, too, the, the government's line on this says is the, uh, the, the working, the people in Vegreville, they're, they're getting a little older, they're going to be retiring soon, and they're having trouble recruiting people uh, to live in Vegreville. There's just people don't want to live there, and they need bilingual people. And those who know the area around Vegreville, there's a significant French-speaking, French and English-speaking population. I assume you could find French speakers in Edmonton, but as far as I know, Edmonton is not known as a hub of uh, French, the French-speaking part of, uh, of Alberta, whereas Vegreville's got a chunk there. And the Vegreville also has a great reputation within the department. It's constantly getting, you know, exceeding performance metrics that the department regularly uses. So it's a good workforce. It's a skilled workforce. It's in an area where you already have the assets of French and English speakers. So, you know, again, maybe the government needs to better explain its business case for moving this thing because right now i think i right now i think a lot of people are saying hmm they're taking a plan out of a conservative mp's riding and again for those who know edmonton uh the pink palace is in the riding of an at-risk liberal mp randy boissonneau in edmonton center coming out of a conservative riding jobs going into a liberal riding and people are going to look at that and go see it's those liberals they really don't care about alberta well, yeah, I think you're right. We're speaking with David Aiken, Chief Political Correspondent for Global News. So, David, uh, a couple of the stories you were chasing yesterday that, that are certainly of significance. First on NAFTA, so I guess the U.S. have officially mm-hmm. triggered this 90-day notice uh, regarding rego- rego- renegotiation of NAFTA. Easy for me to say. Uh, so what happens next? 
Well, we, we wait for 90 days before we get to brass taxes, and we see opening positions for everybody. But in the meantime, what we're going to see is we're going to see politicians and business leaders on this side of the border do a big sell, selling job on the other side of the border to remind governors in border states or business groups, Congress people, that NAFTA has been a really good deal. We want to improve it. We don't want to rep it. Up. We don't want to wreck it and make things worse. In other words, convince the Trump White House as they approach this that there is it. This is the way we should be doing things with Canada. So I would fully expect to see Premier Notley make some trips down to the states that border Alberta and and possibly even to Washington. I know that uh, the Foreign Affairs Minister, Christopher Freeland, she's going to be doing that. Uh, M- Minister Freeland's actually going to be in Mexico City next week. She's going to be talking up NAFTA. So it's a lot of talking up NAFTA. The one good thing or one thing that, that people on this side of the border are interpreting as good um, in this letter sent to Congress by Trump's trade representative is that it's a very brief letter it's two pages long and it's very general and really sounds like it's just going to be a tweaking is what they're looking for and that's a big contrast from you remember the campaign rhetoric trump was calling this the worst deal ever for america and you know it, when he took over office he was all oh, i'm going to rip it up i'm going to you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and when they're ready to what they've told congress is is really we just want to tweak this and and look at that so that sounds encouraging uh and regarding the federal carbon tax uh catherine mckenna the environment (laughs) minister yesterday explaining i guess how this is all going to work and in particular for provinces like saskatchewan or maybe not on board so what did we learn yesterday it's not a carbon tax, Rob. It's a, uh, what is it, a behavior-changing uh, tool or something like that. No, it is a carbon tax. I mean, we're pricing carbon. Let's let's call it what it is. Uh, of course it is. It, the good thing about this kind of tax, it's a consumption tax, which means you can avoid paying the tax if you, if you avoid consuming the product. Unfortunately, gas, energy, is kind of central to all our lives. And it's very hard to just say, right, I don't need to commute to work today or or something along those lines. Um, the way the federal government is doing this is it, it's trying to actually do what Stefan Dion did rather poorly when he was the leader of the Liberal Party in the sense that they're saying provinces, uh, you're going to have to price or tax this stuff, but then you're going to get rich on it because all the money stays in the province and it'll be up to each premier to decide. I can send check rebates to say lower and middle income people. Um, I could do an income tax cut, uh, you know, program spending. You know, you should, life should get better as a result of this. We'll see how that happens. The big sticking point on this right now is going to be next door in Saskatchewan where Premier Baird Wall is like no way, no how on this and uh, is threatening to sue the federal government. The news this week was essentially for those like Brad Wall that are not going to do what the federal government wants to do in this, the feds themselves will give themselves the power to tax fossil fuels in, in this case, Saskatchewan, will also be able to impose their own essentially cap-and-trade system or on industries in Saskatchewan. And though the federal government will collect all the money, they will return it to Saskatchewan, to, to people in Saskatchewan, but probably not to Brad Wall's government. They'll send the checks directly to the taxpayer. This is political. Uh, this is politically interesting because Saskatchewan right now is running a deficit. Brad Wall's got to face voters kind of soon. He's got a big deficit. And he's got a big problem. He's cutting services. There were some in the Saskatchewan party that were saying, "Hmm, let's let the feds take the heat for imposing this carbon tax on people in Saskatchewan. Then the feds will be sending us a big check from all that carbon tax revenue, and we can use that big check to get rid of the deficit." Well, the feds are saying. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> not going to happen. It's not going to happen that way. We'll just send it directly to consumers. And so Bradwell will still have a big deficit, but the feds will still be taxing folks in his province. That's sort of the political game being played here but and as i said this is going to be a showdown at some point between trudeau and brad wall it's i mean it's coming to it right now brad wall is absolutely insistent that this is not the way to go and uh the courts at some point i'm pretty sure are going to have to weigh in here but this system's supposed to be in place for 2018 that's the carbon tax and then a carbon trading kind of thing for 2019 all right very interesting globalnews.ca for more david aiken thanks for joining us here today appreciate it Happy to do so. Cheers. All right. There you go. David Aiken, uh, Chief Political Correspondent for Global News, joining us uh, from Ottawa. Uh, 403-974-8255 is our number. 974-TALK. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.